Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. I am Darren Mott. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. Uh, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen and download and tell your friends and pass the information along. We've got a couple stories, only five stories, five main stories today, and then basically... Uh, the last one is the cyber cybernews.com website. Just go there. There's a ton of stuff. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm just going to kind of read the headlines and kind of give you a general overview of what they what it what they're doing. There's a lot of news on that site that you should go to today. But let's get right on it. Start with Krebs on security. Uh, Brian Krebs obviously is reporting this one. Fisher spoof USPS, the U.S. Postal Service, and 12 other national postal services in recent weeks have seen a sizable uptick in the number of phishing scams targeting U.S. Postal Service customers. Um, and he said, here's a look at an extensive SMS phishing operation that tries to steal personal and financial data by spoofing the USPS as well as postal services in at least a dozen other countries. Um, so basically the landing page generates by uh, generated by a phishing link includes the USPS logo and says your package is on hold for an invalid recipient address. Fill in the correct address by clicking on the link below that message is a click update button that takes the visitor to a page that asks for more information. And as with all phishing sites, it asks for all sorts of personal information and may look legitimate. It may ultimately take you to a USPS legitimate site, but at the end of the day, it's going to capture your information, steal your data and do all sorts of bad stuff. So um, there's a couple domains that are tied to this, which includes usps.receivepost.com, usps.informedtrack.com. You can go to his, this particular article linked in the show notes to see all those, um, bogus domains but basically at this point you know you're going to want to especially those folks in your family that are are, use a lot of uh, postal services stuff they may have something coming um, and so if they get this they may think it's legitimate and then get hammered by this particular phishing scam so just be aware that that's out there cyberscoop.com savvy israel linked hacking group emerges re-emerges amid gaza fighting this is by aj vicens reporting predatory sparrow which has been linked to an attack on an Iranian steel facility last year reemerged after a long hiatus on Monday, which is not surprising as the Gaza Israel or rather the Hamas Israel conflict goes on. You're going to see all sorts of hacker groups coming up to do a whole host of different things on both sides. But so from this article, after going quiet for nearly a year, a potent hacking group with suspected links to the Israeli government emerged online Monday in indication that as the conflict between Israel and Hamas drags on, digital actors could play a greater role. As the deadly violence between Israel and Hamas fighters continue to unfold, the bulk of the fighting continues to be kinetic military operations. But since fighting began Saturday, a flurry of shadowy hacktivist groups on both sides of the conflict have knocked websites offline with distributed denial of service attacks, defaced some websites, and triggered false alarms on mobile phone apps warning of incoming attacks. The presence of state backed hacking crews, hacktivist operations, and pro-Iran information operations and information array operations linked to China indicate that the conflict between Israel and Hamas is likely to attract the attention of hacking crews and intelligence agencies around the globe. And this is obviously going to be part of what this conflict shows. I mean, you saw it in the Ukraine, Russia, and that continues to go on today. But anytime there's going to be a conflict, you're going to have these cyber actors doing all of these things, which again, I'm going to remind you, we haven't seen the story on it yet, but it's coming. There's going to be phishing attacks, uh, phishing emails, 
claiming to be from the Red Cross and other relief agencies asking for money, those are going to be bogus. If you want to give money to to the cause, either cause, whichever side you support here, I re, um, obviously um, Hamas is in the wrong here, but um, if you want to support Israel, then you want to go to the actual Red Cross website or an actual relief website and donate through that particular capability. Do not rely on emails stating to be from relief organizations asking you for money. They're just going to steal it from you. All right. Bleepingcomputer.com. Lawrence Abrams reporting. Microsoft October 2023 patch Tuesday fixes three zero days and 104 flaws. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I have my, I have a computer with a Microsoft operating system. So I, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go patch that sucker um, because obviously Every month, Microsoft finds all sorts of vulnerabilities. Why? Because it's the most used operating system in the world. So bad guys figure out ways to, to compromise. So today, um, being Microsoft Patch Tuesday, there are 45 remote code execution bugs fixed in today's Patch Tuesday. But Microsoft only rated 12 is critical and all of which are remote code execution flaws. The number of bugs in each vulnerability category is 26 elevation of privilege vulnerabilities, which means if someone uses it, they can get basically access to your whole computer. Three security bypass vulnerabilities, which will turn off security program that you're using, like ideally um, the Microsoft Defender one. 45 remote code execution vulnerabilities, 12 information disclosure vulnerabilities, 17 denial of service vulnerabilities, and one spoofing vulnerability. The total, total account of 104 does not include one Chromium vulnerability, which is tracked as CVE 2023-5346, which was fixed by Google on October 3rd and ported to Microsoft Edge. So again, the point here being have a patch cadence you're going to want to update all of your Windows devices because these are bad. Three of them are actively exploited zero days, meaning people, bad guys are already using it. So these are active vulnerabilities. Um, and one of them is ironically within WordPad. So this particular vulnerability can be used to steal NTLM hashes when opening a document in Word, WordPad. So, you know, I mean, if you're still using WordPad, God bless you, but Maybe not do that until you patch it up. So, and there's other updates from other companies who also released advisories, including Apple, with had two zero days with the release of the 17.0.3 iOS. Um, Cisco, Citrix, Google, GNOME, Linux, and SAP, among others. So, um, this article will kind of list all those out if you want to go take a look at that. But anyway, it's Patch Tuesday. Patch your patch your stuff. All right, the Hacker News. HTTP2 rapid reset zero-day vulnerability exploited to launch a record DDoS attack on October 10th. Amazon Web Services, Cloudflare, and Google on Tuesday said they took steps to mitigate record-breaking denial-of-service attacks that relied on a novel technique called the HTTP-2 rapid reset. The Layer 7 attacks were detected in late August 2023, the company said in a coordinated disclosure. The cumulative susceptibility to this attack is being tracked as CVE 2023-44487 and carries a a criticality score of 7.5 out of a maximum of 10. While the attacks aimed at Google's cloud infrastructure peaked at 398 million requests per second, that is a lot of packets. The ones aimed at AWS and Cloudflare exceeded um, a volume of 155 and 201, respectively. HTTP2 re rapid reset refers to a zero-day flaw in the HTTP2 protocol that can be exploited to carry out DDoS attacks. A significant feature of this particular protocol is multiplexing requests over a single TCP connection, which manifests in the form of concurrent streams. Basically, what we're saying here is there is a zero-day that uh, impacts a whole lot of different websites. Um, HTTP2 is used by 35.6 of all websites across the globe. 
Um, and so this is certainly a problem. Is there a fix for this? That's a good question. After today, threat actors will largely be aware of the vulnerability and it will definitely become trivial to exploit and kick off the race between defenders and attackers. First to, first to patch versus first to exploit. So clearly there is not a patch for this quite yet. Certainly coming, I'm sure, soon. Um, but, you know, how can you, how do you protect yourself from it? Well, you know, uh, I don't know. This, this doesn't say, and I, I referenced this article because they're like, I saw this across three or four different news sites. So, um, it's something that's big. Um, we'll probably see more of this moving forward as we go, as more bad guys figure out how to utilize it. And especially with the conflicts in Ukraine and Israel, they're going to use this particular attack type to do denial of service attacks against, um, all sorts of entities. So look for that going forward. Uh, from helpnetsecurity.com. This is, who's reporting this? Uh, doesn't give a name. Companies are rethinking degree requirements for entry-level cybersecurity jobs. This one kind of hit me because I'm in the process in my job of trying to find people to fill vacancies we have in our in our organization. Um, but so from the article, while the threat landscape is evolving for most of the on the front lines, little has changed in recent years, according to ISACA, which is a industry group. The research finds that the cybersecurity professionals who said they were experiencing an increase or decrease in attacks as compared to a year ago, 52% say they're experiencing more attacks. But the problem is there's a cybersecurity skill gap. Um, and so it's hard for people to hire people because a lot of companies require a 44% of organizations polled require a university degree to fill entry-level security positions when they have them. This is a problem because you, for what you need for entry-level cybersecurity stuff, you do not need a college degree. A high school degree and some certifications is pretty much all you really need, quite honestly. You can read more about this article. There's just some polls in here, but... This, this is going to be ideally if companies are starting to rethink this, this is just good for the, for the industry because it'll get more people into entry level jobs. They can get a degree while they're working in the job. The company can help pay for that. It just enhances the capability of the skill set of the people working for them. So I think this is a good move going forward. Um, there's certainly, you don't need a four, full four year degree to get into cybersecurity. Last thing, cybernews.com. And I'm not reading any articles from this, but I recommend you go to it for, for just, there's a ton of headlines here that are interesting. Uh, one is exposed security cameras in Israel and Palestine posing significant risks. So there's vulnerabilities in these IOT devices, internet of things devices, and hackers are already starting to um, get into them, which creates obviously surveillance issues because you can see kind of what's going on. Sorry about the dog barking in the background. Um, Air Europa cyber attack leaks credit card data. So if you've ever flown on Air Europa, chances are your credit card has been compromised. So you're going to want to go protect that. Um, they talk again about the Google DDoS attack. Um, that's the HTTP2 I just talked about. Um, Russian hacktivists are targeting, targeting Israeli global satellite and ICS systems. And the Move It saga drags on as a credit union discloses 100,000 victims. So again, Move It continuing on. People are not updating <laughs> like they're supposed to. Again, it's Patch Tuesday. Patch your stuff. That would be great. But I recommend you go to cybernews.com. A lot of stuff on there today. More than I have time to talk about here. So with that, I'm going to let you go for the rest of your Wednesday. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions on the podcast, like how to not have my dog bark in the background while I'm doing this, feel free to email me, Darren at thecyberguy.com. Follow me on all my social media stuff. I'm on X at, at the Cyber Guy, Instagram, Facebook at the Cyber Guy. Uh, at LinkedIn, you can find me, just Darren, look for Darren Mott, it'll say the Cyber Guy. It's, I'm easy to find there. Uh, what else? Oh, in my Substack. Um, I haven't written there yet. I probably need to write something this week. I'm not exactly sure what I'll do, but I'll write some topic going forward. Uh, as always, again, I thank you for downloading, for listening, for passing the information on to others. I hope you enjoy your Wednesday and we will be back tomorrow because chances are 
the cybersecurity world will not solve all of its problems overnight. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.